Welcome to episode 26 of the Ask Achieve show where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be talking about how to overcome weight room intimidation, how to put together a workout program, and what to charge when starting out as a new trainer. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 26. We are uh, fresh off a plane. Well, kind of. Got off a plane last night from last night, the yeah. Arnold Classic. Yeah. Didn't think we'd ever be there, but we got there and it was uh, we're, it was pretty insane. It was insane. It was insane. I mean, like we were like, <laughs> we were just shuffling around everywhere because the, the amount of people there was absolutely nuts. And the just like the entire like spectrum of people there was also pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. you had like your local like Columbus, Ohio people, but you also had powerlifters and Olympic lifters and uh, bodybuilders, yeah, strongman competitors, Highland game competitors. And then there was also just like lesser, um, like uh, intense sports, I guess, uh, with like jump roping, jump roping fencing. fencing. <laughs> uh, there was fake sword fighting, right? It was like, it's kind of like LARPing almost. Yeah. Um, there's also um, like axe martial, throwing. yeah, axe throwing, martial arts, like it was initially we were a little bit thrown off. We were like, "Wow, why are these things here?" But then we were like, "Actually, it's kind of cool to have all these different um, sports be represented under one roof." And yeah. um, I think, yeah, I think Arnold probably had a pretty good sense of like, if I want this thing to be as big and as big as possible, to be as inclusive as possible to all these different uh, areas. So we thought that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it was. That was my favorite part. It was just yeah. like the the vast array of types of fitness people yeah (laughs) right like you think of and i think that what was interesting is like i definitely had preconceived notions of what we were going to see when we walked in there based on it being the arnold and arnold being a bodybuilder yeah i was kind of like even though i knew like we were going for because one of our members russ was actually competing in a weightlifting meet so i knew that there were obviously powerlifters and weightlifters and there were other sports represented but i thought it was going to be mostly focused on bodybuilding Mm -hmm. um so I definitely had like in my head and I'm I'm in the fitness world and still yeah. in my head I was like I had this preconceived notion of everybody walking around with fake spray tan on just like <laughs> like with their lats flared and you know just like muscles popping out everywhere and there there was some of that but yeah. it wasn't everyone there were definitely people there who were just like fitness enthusiasts who were just interested in watching people lift yeah. and this is a really cool um way to see all the different types of of fitness like enthusiasts and people out there yeah just have fitness be represented by all these different body types and different uh you know genders and different races and like it was just like a just a a hodgepodge of all things fitness it was pretty awesome it was really awesome we got to see the the main event that we got to see besides um russ was the women's um like was it the american open it was the uh, pan am trials pan am trials that's what it was yeah so they, yeah they were competing to be uh qualifiers for the pan ams um and i think uh in olympic weightlifting yeah i think maddie won won it overall she did, right yeah. she won it um i think chucky welsh came in second well they're different weight oh different weight classes yeah right, so yeah. chucky welsh won her weight class gotcha she okay. won the 75 kg weight class i think yep. and maddie won the 69 yeah um but it was just incredible to see them left in person. Like, yeah. you've seen them in videos and everything. But just the, like, 
the amount of intensity that everybody brought to the bar, like, right when they got up there, and yeah. then the amount of focus. It was, like, this. everybody had this, like, intense moment right before they lifted where, like, mm-hmm. a lot of them would scream or, like, <laughs> get, like, stomp their feet and get really mad. But then they would, like, once they grabbed the bar, they looked, like, so calm yeah, and at peace. Serene. It was, like, they were just going through the motions they do all the time, and it was just really, like, they were just professionals. It was, it was really um, cool. And it must have been so out of their element because they were staring out into the entire expo. Like, they were doing this in the middle of the expo. Yeah. And, I, and there must have been, like, 700 people directly in front of them watching, and then let alone, like, the thousands of people that are actually at the venue. So it was just so loud and so different from what their probable uh, gym environment was like. So um, kudos to them, because there weren't many misses. It was yeah. pretty pretty, pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, was really Arnold. cool. That was our um, weekend. Russ went four for six. Yeah. Um, he went for two for three in the snatch, as well as two for three in the clean and jerk. He got 91 kilos in the snatch, as well as one... 15, no, 120, 120 on his clean and jerk. Yeah. Um, so he beat his last total um, from his previous meet, which he was pretty pumped about. And uh, to do it at such a such a big event was uh, also pretty pretty cool as well. It was really cool. There yeah. were a lot of people in the in the audience, and he was watching. like his first snatch when he warmed up with just the barbell. He was so nervous. Like he, he really like, missed the snatch he, with he just the bar. It. Yeah, <laughs> and we were like. Okay, this is you're gonna be okay. Like getting the nerves out, and so as as he was warming up in the back, like the nerve, you could see the nerves starting to fade away a little bit, and like he's getting a little more comfortable. And then he's definitely he was a he was a athlete, like he was a collegiate swimmer, so yeah. I think he's used to the pressure. And he got out there, and he didn't look nervous at all. Yeah, once amazing. he got on the platform, he got in the zone. But yeah, um, yeah. kudos to you, Russ. Very cool. Cool. All right, so let's get to the questions today. Um, we are going to start with. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Okay, we're going to start with a question from Kayla Grace 90 and she asked, I have a friend who refuses to step into the weight room, and it's a huge win to get her to the gym in the first place. She's fully aware of the benefits of working out, but feels like she doesn't belong. She's self-conscious about her weight and is intimidated. Any encouragement you might give someone with this mindset? How do you give confidence to hesitant clients? I mean, this, this is super common. Yeah, right? it's, it's so just like, common. Unfortunately, it's just the place that brings up uh, you know negative emotion and negative uh, self confidence, and it can be really tough. Even though you might be aware of all the benefits, you might know what to do. It's just still very intimidating environment to be in. Yeah, I can I can totally even relate. Even as somebody who was always pretty comfortable in the gym, mm-hmm. I definitely remember at Northeastern specifically, um, there was definitely a feeling of me I felt like I wasn't really welcome in the weight room I remember mm-hmm. you guys would go to the weight room and I would definitely stick to the machines a little bit even though I was like pretty strong at that point and yeah, could hold totally. my own but I was like ooh, I don't know this is like just a it seems like the guys area like it was <laughs> it felt very intimidating yeah. so I totally totally get that so um we would have a few suggestions one would be to try to get this friend doing a program that she's following so it's all written out for her so she doesn't have to do so there's no guesswork when she goes into the weight room Um, and to have that program be um, geared toward some of the equipment that's a little bit less intimidating so the weight room has big squat racks and that's probably the most intimidating area Mm -hmm. but there's also dumbbells and free weights that and kettlebells that are a little bit less intimidating Um, so we would recommend starting maybe in that area Um, and then having the program just be built around like making her feel successful. So there's, they shouldn't be movements that she's having to like struggle to learn or that she feels uncomfortable with. The movements themselves should be fairly straightforward. Maybe like a squat with a dumbbell, um, or maybe a deadlift with a kettlebell, maybe a, a row like with 
a knee on the bench and, and a hand on the bench and rowing a dumbbell, but things that don't take a lot of, um, like too much mental strain to learn the exercise. So she doesn't feel worried that she's like doing them wrong or that anybody's looking at her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk a lot about compound exercises and like we talk a lot about back squats and barbell deadlifts and things like that. But as far as getting someone comfortable into the gym, that couldn't be more intimidating to a- approach potentially someone um, who's already at that point, um, uh, who's already squatting in the squat rack and to approach them. You're like, oh, can I... Can I work in with you? Like, that's got to be a pretty uh, intimidating feeling initially. So definitely going to goblet squatting with a dumbbell or kettlebell or deadlifting with a kettlebell um, and just making it so that getting things that are very easily accessible um, is going to be step number one, just to get them comfortable there. Yeah, so trying to use things that don't require a lot of equipment, just like maybe one piece of strength equipment, so one dumbbell or one kettlebell so they don't feel like they have to share um, eventually like sharing becomes a fun part of the gym and like it's yep. cool to work in with people and we, we would love to encourage that more in, in gyms in general. Um, but I, I can see how that could be really intimidating at first. So I think kind of sticking to your own area, like having a little section, maybe one bench and one set of dumbbells that you're working with. Um, so you don't have to worry about people, um, like, or about asking people for space or to work in with them. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. And, and just a program that just makes them feel super successful so nothing there shouldn't be any question that this person is able to complete that lift make it as you know you need to the you need to make sure that it's obviously challenging the person as well but um very much um easily attainable yeah yeah um yeah i mean the other things are like there there's only so much like convincing you can do from a as a friend, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, and I guess the, the first thing I would say is to go with her, um, having a workout buddy makes it really, really helpful or like having someone who you're just doing things side by side with makes it a lot less intimidating and you, you might feel less like people are watching you. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if you can bring your friend in with you at the same time, I think that would be awesome. Um, or even just like partnering them up with somebody who, you know, goes to the gym at the same time, just, it just doing anything alone is nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're feeling self-conscious. So going in with a friend, I think would be really helpful too. Yeah. And I think something else that would be helpful is, you know, let's say you do go into the gym with her and you are doing something like a back squat or a bench press. Um, instead of loading these things up for her, also have her contribute to the process. So just say like, hey, why don't you grab a, a, a 10 and put it on the bar? You guys can put it on together just so she gets familiar with just those like little ins and outs of like putting on a weight on the bar and then clipping it in place or um, adjusting the bar for the squat rack to make sure it's set at the right height yeah. for that person. All these little things that might give someone a little bit of uh, anxiety, I guess, um, is going to be just important to get them used to it. Uh, and just like getting them familiar with terms like working in, so sharing equipment, right? There's all yeah. these like little terms that people um, talk about, like, you know, giving spots and like just general gym etiquette, like putting weights away and all that, uh, just to make it as, make her seem like she belongs really. Yeah. So you can kind of give her like a rundown of what typically goes on. We don't know what kind of gym you, you are at, but yeah. say that you're at like a typical conventional gym. Um, what are some of the things that might happen? And like, I think the more you can prepare her for like, this is what might happen in, in this setting. And this is how people typically would respond. Yeah. So like if somebody asks you to work at work in, um, that means they just want to use your piece of equipment for a set. So just be like, yeah, sure. No problem. Move at, move aside, like let them mm-hmm. do their set and then you'll come back in. Um, but the more, I think that that really, really helps. That's a great point, Jason, is yeah. that the more that you can prepare them for 
what to expect, the less anxiety there will be there. Yeah. And then I think, lastly, um, just instead of talking about the benefits of strength training, also just telling her that the, the, the things that she's feeling is, is very normal and that a lot of people have them. Uh, maybe you've had them. You, maybe you could show a little bit of a vulnerability in saying that, you know, I used to also have those same kind of like fears and doubts whenever I walked into the gym and now I feel so much better for it, for pushing past that um, awkward stage. Um, that could get her a little bit more comfortable knowing that she's not alone in this um, sort of process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, and, or anyone else that you can kind of, there's a lot of women on online too, that will talk about their journeys. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've shared some of mine in terms of being very, feeling very self-conscious about my body. And, um, so if you can kind of steer her in the direction of some of those people as well, um, that would be, that would be a good place to start too, just to show her that she's not alone in that, in those feelings. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, to sum up, get her feeling that she's not alone with all this and that she does belong. And then secondly, have some sort of program that makes her feel very successful when she gets there. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Kayla. Great question. So let's go on to question number two. This one is from Jen Pabon29. Uh, she asks, it probably sounds silly, but one thing I struggle with is putting effective workouts together. How many reps slash sets of each exercise? How many exercises to include? Good supersets, etc. Any suggestions you have for putting together an effective workout would be great. This is definitely not silly. Not I silly mean, at all. We could, have, we could have an entire week's worth of just like lectures and just workshops just about program design alone. Yeah. And this is like, this is a very advanced skill that really comes with just a lot of time making programs um, and really testing them and seeing what works for uh, what kind of clients or members that you have. Um, I'm going to go over some just basic stuff right now. Um, just a general style program that we kind of like is um, three to four supersets. So let's say we go with three supersets. Your A1 and A2 exercises should be your biggest, like most taxing exercise, your compound movement. So that might be a squat, might be a bench, a deadlift, um, something where you're really um, utilizing a lot more weight. Um, your B1 and B2 exercises are going to be more assistance based. So maybe like a, um, a close grip bench press or maybe a lunge, a step up, a single leg deadlift, um, a what else? Are an RDL, things that aren't necessarily um, like main lifts, but are still compound in nature. And then the third circuit, let's say C1 and C2, these are going to be pretty accessory. Maybe it's like a um, a core exercise, or it could be a face pull, like shoulder rehabby type of exercises, um, things that are meant to build up any sort of um, weak points that you have in your in your um, in your um, training. So, you know, for me, I like to work on upper back strength. So I do a lot of like, you know, TRX reverse flies, TRX rows, um, band pull aparts, things like that that aren't too taxing that I can perform uh, well at the end of my workout. Um, as far as a one. And A2 goes, we like to pair, um, let's say, a squat with a mobility drill or some sort of core drill. We don't really like to pair them back-to-back with some other really taxing exercise because then they sort of take away from each other. We'd rather focus all of our efforts on that A1 exercise. Let's say it's a back squat. And then maybe A2 is a mobility exercise, like an ankle mobility drill or maybe a core stability drill, like marching or dead bugging, something like that. 
And then from there, let's say B1, B2, that could be a lunge or a step up um, combined with something else that's non-competing. So we wouldn't want to pair two lower body exercises together unless that person is advanced, but we'd rather put together a lower body and maybe an upper body exercise. So a lunge combined with a push-up, let's say. And then the third superset would be a, um, let's say, a standing cable row mixed with some other core exercise. And it basically just starts from hardest and most weight and drops its way down to um, quote-unquote easier and uh, higher repetition, lower weights, right? Yeah. Do you have anything to add on this front? Um, yeah. So, I mean, that the thing is that you can go in so many different directions with this. So mm-hmm. that's definitely pretty pretty typical for what we do. Um, if you were doing a total body, like three-day week program, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, and then if we're doing... So if you're doing total body workouts, we want to pair non-competing things like a lower body and an upper body. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing a upper body, lower body split, mm-hmm. like say you're doing four times a week and you want to do upper body on Monday, lower body on Tuesday, upper body on Thursday, lower body on Friday, um, then there's a different way of supersetting like upper body exercises with each other. Um, so in that case, like just like, like Jason said, if you use that same format and you're looking at an upper body day, your first exercise will probably be a bench press uh, if you're doing a barbell bench press because that's going to be the most taxing. Um, it's going to take the most out of you um, overall. So you'll do A1 would be a bench press paired with a mobility drill of some sort. And then when you get to B, you might do a vertical pull. So maybe something like a, a lat pull down or a pull up paired with a um, horizontal push. So paired with a dumbbell chest press, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Yeah. And then you'd go to C and you might do a horizontal pull like a dumbbell row, like a bent over row or a three point row paired with a vertical push, like an overhead press. And then you might end with some core exercises at the end, yeah. something like that. So the, there's ways to do non-competing with the same, um, with like upper body and yes. upper body. And then there's ways to do non-competing with upper body, lower body. Um, things that you, how about, let's go over th- things that you wouldn't pair together. Um, I probably wouldn't pair something like a deadlift with a pull-up mm-hmm. because they are very both grip intensive. So um, you would get to a point where you start to really fail on your grip for both exercises and that's not a good position to be in, right? Right. Yeah, that's definitely one. Um, Maybe like a, a deadlift and... In RDL, probably. Both yeah, where very it's like very similar, similar movement patterns. Yeah. Um, and yeah, very intensive on the back. Yeah, even like a deadlift and a and a row are yeah. often like a deadlift and a row usually is a lot of pressure on the back for two exercises in a row where you're kind of in this bent over position. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably avoid that um, and do more of like a deadlift and a push up or a deadlift and a bench press or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, like a squat and a lunge, probably not, unless they are more advanced. Um, then they could probably keep form for those. But since they are both such lower body taxing exercises, that would be um, unwise most likely. Yeah. So so I kind of complicated things there. Um, and I think, no, you good. know, but just to give you some different ideas of how yeah. programming can be put together. Um, but supersets are great. And we think that that's usually, that's usually the majority of our programming. Um, early on when we're writing some of the newer programs, we might do more of like a, Triset, mm-hmm. um, where we're doing three exercises, so it might be like a squat, then a row, then a core exercise, 
And then the next circuit might be like a single leg deadlift, then a push up, and then another core exercise. Yeah. Um, so like two circuits where it's three completely different like areas that you're working. Um, because when you're a little bit newer to strength training, you're gonna feel very taxed by each individual exercise. So you don't want to tr- you try want to try not to repeat the same exercises or the same body parts um, one right after the next. Yeah. Um, as far as sets and reps go, this is really. You know, there's a lot of room to play around here. Um, We recommend, especially for your main lifts, getting anywhere from 24 to 30 reps, total reps in. And so you'll see a lot of programs that are 3 by 10, which is 30 reps. You'll see 4 by 6, 24 reps, 5 by 5, 25 reps. And all these very successful programs are in that 24 to 30 region. So you can kind of like mix and match here. You can play around with uh, maybe three by eight to get that 24. Um, and uh, that's kind of the general range we're looking for, for at least that initial uh, superset of A1 and A2. Um, further down the line, um, let's say we're at that C1, C2, where we're doing something like very um, more higher rep, lower weight. So kind of like a face pull or... Um, maybe like a core exercise. We'll go higher reps, like 8 to 12 repetitions, maybe even 15 repetitions if it calls for it. Um, but again, still looking for that 24 to 30 rep region. Um, but I would, say, yeah, I would say we try to go from lower reps to higher reps in that whole progression. Yeah, so maybe it might look something like more sets in the earlier exercises, yes, right? So yeah. it'll be maybe something more. It, it'll all be 24 to 30, but maybe in A it's five sets of five, so you're doing a lot more sets, but keeping the reps lower so that you can lift more weight at each set. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get to C, it's just like three sets of 10 or yeah. something like that, where it's kind of like each each uh, individual set can have more reps because your body can handle more reps at that lower weight. Yeah. Um, but always kind of sticking in that rep range. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we didn't overcomplicate that, <laughs> but there's just a lot of ways you can go about doing it. Um, yeah. But as long as you're strength training, that's pretty good. <laughs> as long as you're strength training, that is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And we uh, we will have some more like information out about programming soon, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, about online programming. So we hopefully we'll be able to give a little bit even more concrete answers there. Um, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard to give a perfect program because it's gonna be different for every individual and everybody's mm-hmm. different goals and where they're at. But what Jason was describing with the supersets A's A B and C and most likely going total body is going to be what's best for most people um, that's what I currently am doing mm-hmm. um, that's what most of our members are doing um, so that beginning segment that Jason said if you want to go back and listen to that part alone you should actually be able to put together a pretty good program just just with that yeah cool yeah. all right awesome so we will move on to the final question this one is from Doug LM01. And they asked, to gain experience as a coach, is it okay to train people for four weeks at no charge to them? I'm not concerned about earning money, but I'm, I am really anxious to gain hands-on experience. I've been told I should charge something so the client will have some skin in the game. What are your thoughts? Charge a small fee or do it for free? Thank you for the excellent podcast and amazing content you put out. Oh, thank you. And that's from <laughs> Michelle. Her name is Michelle. Oh, Michelle Douglas. That's I, Now I understand the Doug. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously um, Michelle is going to be like just kind of starting out in her training career. Mm-hmm. And so she must have, I'm assuming, somebody who is like, oh, like you can train me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to be your guinea pig kind of thing. And she's trying to figure out if she should just do that for free to gain the experience or if she should... Um, charge them a little bit for her services. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was like a right or wrong answer in the situation. Yeah. Um, I definitely appreciate that um, she's willing to work for free, especially, uh, I mean, in this day and age, everyone is talking about charge what you're worth and yeah. do all this and X, Y, and Z. But it's like, you know, if you are just starting out, the best way to get clients is to actually work for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are still getting a lot of value out of getting that experience. So I, I think that's a, I think that's a definitely a fair trade initially. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's cool. Ted actually are one of our coaches. He's now our head program designer at Achieve. And he was just talking about how he, um, his one friend that he actually is, is hopefully is going to become a member at Achieve. Yeah. Um, he was the first person that Ted ever wrote a program for and he did it for free and he mm-hmm. just was trying to figure out like, how do I do this whole programming thing? And that was back in college, I think, or maybe even high school. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, and so it's just funny, like, yeah, he did that for free and, but it got him at, at this point to be a head program designer at a very successful gym. Right. right so, yeah. um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing things for free. Um, I think that especially if you're going to be like trying new things out and you're, you're experimenting and you're using this as a way for yourself to learn, um, hands-on experience is the best way to learn. Mm -hmm. You can only get so much out of a textbook. You have to start working with people at some point. Um, so doing it for free isn't bad. And I don't think that, I mean, it depends on who you're working with, but I don't think that, um, it would like make them lack motivation or anything like that. I mean, if it did, then maybe you should. Like she was talking about, like having some skin in the game. Like, yeah, I mean, potentially. Like, if you don't know the person, then maybe just charging something, something just that's um, on the lower end of what personal trainers make in your region. Um, well, yeah, that's true. If they don't know the person, yeah. I guess I was thinking about if it was just like a friend, like a family friend or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was just like, oh, you can train me. Yeah. Then Fr- I, I would probably do that for free. Yeah, friends and close friends and family. I, I think that's that's totally. That's totally fine. They, they'll have enough skin in the game just because they know you and they have a relationship with you. Yeah. If you don't know the person at all and they're uh, reaching out, um, I think initially early on, I think just to gain a base of clients, I do think um, charging a lower rate would be helpful. Um, I don't know, like a 40 to $50 an hour if yeah. uh, your going rate in the region is like 75 to 80 um, And then once you build up a base, then you have testimonials. Then you have even just more self-confidence in approaching other people and charging a higher rate. Um, so yeah, I think, I think close friends and family, I think free is probably good initially. And then for people you don't know later on, I think, uh, charging a minimal rate will be good. Yeah. I, I totally agree there. Yeah. So hopefully that helps depending on, you can kind of decide what your situation is right now and take either of those pieces of advice. Um, but also, yeah, even if it is a friend and family and they're willing to pay you, definitely take it. Right. Like yeah, <laughs> you might as well. I mean, and yeah, you can just take that and just submit that right into continue education. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of avenues that you could use that to better yourself as a trainer. Um, definitely don't uh, make it out so that like money is a bad thing to right. make, especially if you are making a positive impact on someone's health and fitness. I think that's a I think that's a totally fair trade. <laughs> right, and that's kind of like there is this weird dichotomy. I feel like in the fitness industry where there's a lot of kind of maybe grumpier coaches who are like, <laughs> everyone should do an internship for free and everyone should work for free first and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I, I know why they're saying that. Like yeah. you should get, you, you need to gain experience before you consider yourself an expert or start yeah. calling yourself a, a trainer. Like you need to gain some hands-on experience. Um, but I don't think that it should mean that everyone should work for free for a long time right. or that that should be like, I don't know, that you have to, 
like suffer through your first <laughs> few years as a trainer just so that you can be considered like a real coach, you know, like yeah. there's, there's a certain like, I feel like expectation from some coaches that are a little bit unrealistic, especially for people who are like, who do need to make a living. Like yeah. you do need to make a living yeah. and you are offering, like Jason said, you're offering something very valuable to somebody and whether you know everything right now or not, you're still getting them moving. You're still helping them to exercise and to think about their health, health and focus on their health. So even back in the day when we first started, um, we don't, now we look back and we're like, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, oh, yeah. but we have clients who are still with us from those days. And totally. they're like, we thought you were great. <laughs> like, honestly, cause they, because we were getting them moving. And yeah. so don't, don't take yourself, like, don't be so hard on yourself that you're like, oh, I don't know anything. So I don't, I'm not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are worth it just in terms of getting somebody to think about healthier habits, getting somebody to move their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll get better and you can then charge more, but, um, you're still, you're still doing something really helpful for people. So yeah. I mean, the, the, the number one thing is it's not the training techniques or the, the, the best cues or the best program. It's more about connecting with that person. And if you can communicate and connect well with that person and have them adhere to a fitness regimen, then that's, that's a, a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. So that about wraps it up. Um, we do want to announce that we are putting on an in-house workshop, actually. Woo. It's going to be called Fit 101. It's going to be our first workshop. Um, we've had a lot of people um, DM us and email us and asking if there are similar programs in their area or similar gyms and coaches in their area. And basically, we wanted to put on this workshop so that people can come to this one-day workshop where they can get a lot of information in terms of how to program, um, what the, like what kind of mindset um, they should be in, how to approach nutrition. There's just so many different, there's so much different information out there that we wanted to really consolidate it and really break it down for the average person, how you can best utilize this information and how we apply it for our members. Um, we essentially treat our gym is kind of like a laboratory. Like yeah. we've got, we can test out different programs. We can test out different strategies and cues and really figure out what works best for each individual. And we've got a pretty large sample size. So it, it helps out quite a bit, but we're super excited because we're going to be doing this with our coaches. So Lauren and I are obviously going to, going to be um, running it, but also Sarah um, for this one, Sarah, Ted and Maureen are all going to be involved by presenting and also going to be leading groups as well so it's gonna be a fun group effort and you get to uh get the uh, whole ex- achieve experience yeah and it's gonna be very hands-on it's not gonna be just a bunch of lectures we're gonna be doing like breakout sessions we're gonna be doing some hands-on um we're gonna do a group workout at the end uh just to give you a sense of exactly how everything runs and yeah um we're just really excited because we feel like it's actually a way to experience achieve and to experience um what we what we think what we've learned over the last 11 plus years um, in terms of what works best for the general population. Um, So this is really a great workshop for anybody who is um, in the general population. Not, you don't necessarily, you definitely don't need to be a trainer. Um, You could come in and do this as like a new trainer. I think that would actually be very helpful as well. Um, But it's more about fitness enthusiasts, people who want to learn more about fitness or people who are just, just getting into it and are a little bit intimidated by the gym. Um, That could be also a good place to start because we're just going to give you some really solid information on what to do when you get into the gym, what to do outside of the gym and all the hours that you're at home and how to still live the healthiest lifestyle you can. So we're really, really excited. It's going to be on April 15th. Um, Registration starts tomorrow 
I think. Uh, right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're opening it up tomorrow, but maybe we'll open up up tonight. Um, and yeah, there's going to be an early bird price that is going to be good until the middle of March. Yeah, it's going to be 149 until the middle of March, and then it's going to bump up to 199 um, thereafter. Uh, I think registration closes what first week in April. Yes. First week in April. So. Yeah. Because we got to order some swag. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be a really fun event. It's going to be our first one, so it's, it's going to be uh, pretty special for us. And uh, we're excited. Yeah. And we're capping it at 30 people. So. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more of an intimate feel. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. So be on the lookout for that as we post that soon. Um, again, DM us more questions at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. No, that's our email. DM us <laughs> at AchieveFitnessBoston on our Instagram handle. And, oh, please uh, review us on iTunes. That would help us out tremendously. And now, that's about it. So until next time. Peace. Love. And muscles. muscles.